Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. Hey, welcome, welcome, everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters, and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman, and we have a great show for you today. We are here interviewing Georgianne Krusek, uh, Krusek, excuse me, and uh, she is a yin yoga instructor in this area and a very talented one at, uh, you know, just giving you a little shout out there. <laughs> so welcome, Georgianne. Hi, Caroline. Thank you for having me on. It's Absolutely. great to be here. Yeah. Welcome. Uh, so, so just give us a quick overview. What is Yin Yoga? Wow, that's a not a quick uh, question to answer. No. To be I thought we were starting easy. <laughs> no, uh, Yin Yoga is really um, the way I like to think of it is as a, it's a quiet meditative yoga practice. It addresses, and this is going to sound maybe a little esoteric, but we'll dive into it a little bit. It addresses the yin tissues of the body, those tissues that are closer to the core of the body, and it in, addresses them in a yin way. So what does that mean? Um, that means we're addressing tissues, the deeper connective tissues of the body. And we're addressing them in a very quiet uh, way with acceptance and uh, no striving. These are the yin qualities, no striving, uh, receptivity, being open to the experience that we have. What it, can you just tell us briefly what is the connective tissues of our body? We're talking about physical anatomy. Here. Yes, yes. And um, I'm not an anatomy geek. There are some real uh, anatomy geeks that are totally into yin yoga. Paul Grilly, who is the founder of yin yoga, is all about anatomy. So it, I cannot recommend his website or his books more highly if you're really into the anatomy end of it. But the connective tissues that we're talking about here, actually what we're finding now is that the connective tissues wrap around every tissue, around every muscle, around every joint, around every cell of the body. So it's this matrix that really makes us who we are. Hmm. Um, and so a lot of times earlier on, people didn't really talk about connective tissues because it was sort of the stuff that is removed out of the way when we want to look at the musculature and the organs. Mm. And But there's more and more fascination with this, with this material as time is going on. What it, what's the function of the connective tissue in our body that we know about? Uh, well, they, they hold the body together. Oh. And also, see, we, then we can dive into energetically, which I'm really interested in the energetics. Yeah, let's bring it. <laughs> we have a very savvy listening audience. So if you want to talk about the energetics, they're, they're here to listen to okay, it. Okay, yeah. so when we talk about the energetics as uh, relates to yin yoga and the connective tissues... We are, uh, we think about them as they sort of uh, hold these, uh, 
they hold the meridians or the meridians being the highways through which our chi or energy move. So we've found that the connective tissues are, of the body are rich with these channels through which the energy flows. And so in yin yoga, by stressing these connective tissues, then we get to help nudge our chi and our energy towards um, a healthy flow. So if, if energy has become stagnant or um, disturbed and disharmonious in some ways, we can help, um, help get it jump-started a little bit or, or work through some um, blockages that we might have. So similar to acupuncture, the yin yoga is really steeped in traditional Chinese medicine. It's one of the aspects of it. So we talk about the chi as opposed to in most yogic traditions, we talk about prana, but we're really talking about the same thing. Mm. Is there a difference in understanding about how we think of chi versus how we think of prana? Not, is it just a different word for the same thing? It's, it's a different, if for our purposes, it's a different word for the same thing. I think we could, I think it, I think it could be argued either way, really. Yeah. So, um, but that's a really deep issue. I don't, I, I'm not qualified to, to talk about that. I'm not an acupuncturist. Maybe we won't get into that direction today of the energetics. <laughs> right. Yeah, we'll have two panel experts, one, one representing chi and the other representing prana. Right. So, but when we talk about chi, chi being like this universal energy that everything has. So rocks have chi. Um, clouds have chi, the earth has chi. And then in the body, then we talk about the life force energy. That's the chi. So it delves in a little closer. So tell me if I'm understanding correctly. So if somebody has some stagnancy or if the, the flow of energy just isn't working in their body, with yin yoga, we would approach uh, that style of, of kind of the meditation to help, uh, the physical meditation to help relax those, that, those connective tissues? Well, we're actually stressing the tissues. Oh. And um, stress, the word stress gets a bad rap. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And people are like, stress? stress. Oh, I don't no, want that. I don't want stress. But, but we're talking about you stress. So the good stress, not distress. That we don't want distress, of course. But we do, every tissue of the body wants some type of stress. And our minds want stress. Our, our every tissue, our muscles, this is what we're doing when we exercise. We're stressing the muscular tissues of the body, right? Or we're stressing the heart um, in a cardiovascular workout. So we're making them work. Right, exactly. And the same thing is true with our connective tissues. We want to give them just the right amount of stress. Now, um, so why would we do yin yoga in order to stress those tissues? Because what we do in yin yoga, we find safely stretch, stresses or exercises the, those yin tissues, those um, connective tissues of the body. So those tissues like these deep, long holds. Those tissues don't like the kind of exercise that we do um, 
the repetitive exercises of, say, a lot of yang forms of, of yoga practice, like Ashtanga yoga or a power yoga, something along those lines, where we're doing repetitive, quick move, moving, rhythmic type movements. Um, and it, when you think about sports injuries, for example, those usually happen around the joints mm. and um, in the connective tissues. Oh, those are connective tissues ex- um, problems that we get from overusing in a rhythmic way. Um, but if, if we think about stressing our connective tissues in terms of traction then we know that that's safe. So it's long, deep holds. So we should talk a little bit about maybe what we do in yin yoga. Yeah, (laughs) pretend that there's a fly on the wall. And when we walk into a yin yoga class, Mm. um, yeah, tell us about what we would wear and, you know, what what kind of, what is a yin yoga class? Right. So um, yin yoga was designed really to be a complementary practice to the um, more prevalent power yogas, ashtanga yogas, vinyasa type yogas that that many people are doing. The more active, the more yes. active, the more young style yes. yogas. Mm-hmm. And um, so in yin yoga, if you walk into a yin, my yin yoga class, well, I, I'm only going to talk about my yin yoga class because other people teach a little differently sometimes. But um, the way that I've been trained, almost all of our postures are done on the floor. So when what we do is we come into a posture, and most of them are known from a regular yoga class. So say you're sitting in a seated forward fold. We're going to sit in a seated forward fold. We're going to come into that pose until we feel just the first place where the body resists, where um, we talk about our first edge. So the first place where we feel uh, challenging yet manageable level of sensation. Hmm. This is the yin sensation. Okay. So it's sometimes described as a dull ache. Okay. Um, And so then we hang out there. We just, you just rest. We just hang out there. So in a way you're not real, it's resting is a little unusual to think about because we are having sensation. So we're not in pain. We make sure that we're never in pain in yin yoga. That's why we talk about um, the Goldilocks position or that first edge. So these are places where there's just enough sensation. But you, when you go to the edge of a cliff, let's say, it's okay to go to the edge of the cliff and look over, right? right? Yeah. And it's probably quite beautiful. Absolutely. You can see the tops of trees. Yeah. And... But you don't want to step over the edge. Yeah, don't jump. Don't, right. Don't step. Don't step. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so that's what we're talking about. So that level of sensation is the yin sensation, a challenging yet manageable amount of sensation. And then we soften the muscles. 
So the muscles of the body, particularly in that area where you're feeling some sensation, we soften those muscles. How do we soften those muscles when we're in? <clears throat> Without, in so in a, in a, say an Ashtanga class, if we were in a seated forward fold, we might take hold of the toes and really pull, mm-hmm. right? So instead of that, we're releasing that striving, that pulling type, that efforting and just hanging out. And so um, then once we've released those muscles, and sometimes the muscles take, uh, you know, 30 seconds or so to figure out, okay, I'm safe here. Mm. And I can relax. I don't, because our muscles like to keep us safe. Of course. So they stay engaged in order to keep us safe. And then once they know, oh, I'm, I'm okay here, she's not going to push me over the edge of the cliff. Right. <laughs> then they can relax. And so, so say in a seated forward fold, we would usually feel some sensation along the backs of the legs and maybe in the spine if we're coming forward. Mm-hmm. And so we would think about just resting and relaxing those muscles. When you say that it takes a few minutes for the muscles to relax, is it the muscles that are relaxing or is it the mind that's uh, relaxing? Probably, that's a great question. I'm sure it's a little of both. Like I say, for the mind to understand I'm safe here, I have just this really juicy amount of sensation and I'm safe. So the muscle and the mind, I mean, we can't, I don't think we can really separate those things since we're all one big thing of energy and... Um, but we will always try to separate them. Exactly. I'm going to have another (laughs) cup of coffee and I'm going to push through this because it's a rainy day and I'd rather be in bed or whatever. You know, I totally totally understand that. So, so we talk about four principles in yin and the first one is coming to that, the first edge. The second one is relaxing the muscles in the target area. Um, The third is to find some amount of stillness. So we want to find some stillness in our poses as opposed to fidgeting around or trying to fix the pose or fix our sensation, Um, look at our fingernails, you know, just, just to find some amount of stillness in the pose. And this stillness at the same time allows us as the body does relax as time goes on the body may sink a little bit deeper into the forward fold and we allow that kind of movement on the other hand as time is going by the body or the mind and or the mind may say you know what i i this is not cool i have Uh, my toe is just a little bit over the edge here. Yeah. And I need to back off. And that's perfectly fine. Backing out of a pose, changing a pose, um, coming out of the pose altogether are all perfectly fine in yin yoga. Um, The most important element, I think, in any yoga class is is our own safety. Of course. Um, And then the fourth principle is really the magic of yin. And that's the element of time and gravity. So we hold 
our poses between three and five minutes. So that's a really lengthy amount of time. And in an active yoga class, a young style yoga class, that's an incredibly long time. Exactly. That's exactly. like yoga competition right. style. <laughs> right. So you can see we're not doing warrior pose for three to five minutes and expecting the body to relax. Right. That's not how right? it works. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So we're on the floor. That's for, honestly the best part of the class. That's why I love going to yin classes because yeah. I'm like, I don't have to stand up. Right, right. <laughs> I think there's only, um, there's only one standing pose that I can think of that we normally do or we sometimes do. Okay. And that would be a standing forward fold, which we call dangle. Okay. And we literally dangle. Yeah. So we come in at it just by the name of the pose you can see what the energy would be. Yeah. Um, and we and then there's one where we squat, but most all the rest of them are either lying down on our bellies or on our backs or seated. Can you describe maybe a few of your of your favorite ones that you're really that you're really vibing on right now? <laughs> sure. Well, the truth is there are not a ton of poses in Yin Yoga. Most Yin teachers are teaching somewhere in the vicinity of um, you know sixteen, maybe on the outside twenty poses, and that's it total mm. within and all variations of their classes within, and things. Yeah. And so in an actual yin class itself, I may only teach six, seven poses. And that's because we're holding... Because we're holding them for a long time. So for example, um, most people who practice yoga are going to recognize all of the poses. Okay. So um, what you might know if you're a hatha yoga practitioner um, or a ashtanga yoga practitioner... Uh, what you might know as pigeon. Okay. And can you describe what pigeon is? Pigeon would be, um, so if you're on the floor on all fours, mm -hmm. start there. And then you draw your right knee. We'll start on the right side. Draw the right knee up in between the hands. And then you come down. The left knee comes straight back behind you. Um, and it's a hip opener. So it stresses the tissues in the outer, for most people, in the outer right hip, front hip, in this case. So one leg is behind you, and the second leg is, the, is kind of like the outside of the foot is flat to the mat, and then the knee, the knee kind of flops open. Yeah, but you're all the way down on the side of your leg, mm -hmm. so on, on the side of your calf, mm -hmm. um, and some people even all the way on their hip. Um, so it's a hip opener. Most people in a Hatha yoga class would know it as pigeon. Mm -hmm. We call it swan Okay. in yin yoga. All, I think all, if not all, then most of the poses have been renamed. What? How in, come everything's been renamed? Everything's been renamed to just confuse everyone. But oh, no, okay. that's not true. Cool. cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. So pigeon is called swan. Um, and everything's renamed in order to remind people that energy is different here. So in a, in a Hatha yoga class, you're going to be putting some muscular effort into 
the pose. In the yin yoga, the shape may be the same, but the energy of the pose is softer, more receptive. Our attitude towards it is not one of striving to perfect it. Um, and in fact, striving is pretty much out the, the window in a yin class. There's no trying to get better at this or trying to do this right. That's one of the questions I get frequently is, am I doing this pose right? And my response is, I don't know. Are you feeling it in the target area? So if you have some nice, dull, kind of achy sensation in the outside of the right hip, and maybe along the front of the left hip or the back leg, then yeah, you're doing the pose right. And one of the cool things about yin yoga is that when if you were to come into the class and say we were in that shape, everybody in the room is going to look different. Hmm. Every single person is going to look different because we talk about alignment very differently in yin yoga. And in fact, my alignment cues are very intentionally vague, which is sometimes confusing to people when they first come to yin because they're like, wait, what? How... Uh, tell me exactly how I'm supposed to set myself up in this pose. And um, so each person, because we're all built differently, our bones are shaped differently, they're in their sockets differently, we have all kinds of different histories. So our, our bodies should look different when we're in yoga poses, uh, just as when we're doing anything. We should look different. We're supposed to look different, not the same. So we have different bodies. Yes. So when when we're kind of saying that we have these different histories, we have these different shapes that you're creating within the yin yoga, how, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is, so if there's sort of a deliberate confusion, is the objective so that people find and in, come into these poses more intuitively? Yes. And to suit their own body. It's, yin, one of the real beauties of yin is that we're given the opportunity to spend time with ourselves and, and do the poses in a way that serves us. Instead of serving the teacher or the aesthetics of the pose, like, well, oh, we want to uh, look like the person on the front of a yoga magazine, right? right? Doing some standing <laughs> splits or... Yeah, and we can let all of that go in yin yoga and just find this nice juicy sensation. And in yin yoga, we talk about marinating in it. And that's a beautiful word to describe what a yin pose is like. We just marinate in this, in the juiciness of the sensation that's in our body. And think about it. We have five minutes in the pose and I don't play music. I try not to talk too, too much. So there's a, quite a bit of silence in a yin yoga class. So there's time for all kinds of things to come up in your mind, in your heart, and uh, memories come up, or 
sometimes planning things, all kinds of stuff comes up while you're in, in a yin yoga pose. And, and what are you supposed to do with that? You marinate in it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. And that's one of the hard things that some people come up against in, in yin yoga. But it's such a great uh, opportunity to really learn about how we face situations in our lives. Like here I am, I'm in this pose, maybe, maybe the sensation is a little challenging. I have nowhere to go and I'm bored out of my mind because the teacher's not talking. The teacher's not entertaining me. What do I do with this? And so you can just kind of watch how the mind works with time and with practice it becomes a really interesting experience. Who am I? What am I doing? How do I react when, when the going gets tough? Or how do I even react when I just feel wonderful? I'm enjoying this. I'm loving this. And, and yet we, uh, we know on the one hand, if it's kind of frustrating or boring or hard to be there, it's going to end. But the same thing is true if we're loving it, we're marinating in this beautiful juiciness, it's going to end. <laughs> so the, that's life. And so our experience on the mat is like this little um, mini lifetime, right? And how do we react to living our lives? This really can take this right off the mat into the world, as we can with all yoga. I think that's what yoga is for me. How did you get into yin yoga? How did I get into yin yoga? Well, that's, that's a story. My, I had been an Ashtanga yoga practitioner for years. Well, prior to Ashtanga, I'd been a Kripalu yoga practitioner okay. for many years. And all props go to one of my um, beloved Kripalu teachers, Sam Wild, if she's listening. Mm. And uh, I, I don't know, but she really created a foundation for me to then go and explore yoga. Um, I practiced with her for many years in the beginning of, and then I found Ashtanga Yoga. Okay, and, you're, was, and you're part of the um, Ashtanga Yoga Northampton Collective yes, or I Cooperative. Am. Yes, yeah, I am. Very I've cool. been teaching with Michelle Ryan um, for years since we opened, she opened Florence Yoga, and I was one of her teachers right upstairs here in 2009. I know, the Florence Community <laughs> Building used to host, host the Florence yeah, Yoga. Yeah. So neat. And then, and I taught Ashtanga back then. And, um, and then my husband was also an Ashtanga Yoga practitioner. Oh, lovely. And... But he would spend time before and after his Ashtanga practice in these long-held floor poses. And you're Just, like, babe, what are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> and, and somewhere along the line, and I can't remember exactly how, but I think he ran into a um, video of maybe Paul Grilly, the founder of Yin Yoga as we know it today, um, or Bernie Clark, another senior teacher. But in any case, he ran into a video and he saw it and he was like, hey, wait a minute, that's what I do. And his body had naturally taken him to practicing this style of yoga. Mm. So he went on a search for yin yoga teachers. And this was back, I don't even know, I want to say this was back in 
2011. Okay. And there really wasn't very much yin to be found. Is this a newer uh, lineage of it, sorts? It is. It was actually um, in the 1990s that Paul Grilly started what we know as yin yoga in um, in in this way that we're teaching it now. Okay. But but you could say it's a very ancient tradition because back when yoga back in the days where yogis were practicing in caves, they. I, it's questionable that they were doing the vinyasa style yogas that we think of as yoga these days. They were doing these long held poses to prepare their bodies for meditation. Of course. Um, so, but anyways, Rick went off in search of yin yoga teacher. There weren't any in the area, although Lynn Kingston was teaching yin yoga many years ago here in Northampton. Um, and he found a teacher in, out in the Boston area Josh Summers, who is my, my teacher. And he began traveling out to Boston to practice with Josh Summers to go to his classes. Cool. Yeah. So um, he was doing that and starting his journey. I was still full force into the Ashtanga world. All, you know. You loved it. I loved it. I loved the very young, athletic. Um, I just loved everything about Ashtanga yoga. I still do. I still practice Ashtanga yoga um, four, five days a week, sometimes six days a week. That's amazing. Um, along with my yin practice. So he, he was doing, he was off doing these things. And I started taking a few classes with him and even some workshops. Not so much because I was interested in yin yoga, but because I just wanted to hang out with him. Of course. And then I met Josh, and I wanted to hang out with him yeah. because he's very cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, But the yin yoga, uh, to tell you the truth, I was a hard sell for a long time. I was like, I was one of the people who was in the poses thinking, I am bored out of my mind. This is driving me crazy. Why am I doing this? Uh, I had a lot of resistance to it. What was the resistance from? Because I felt like if I wasn't sweating, if I wasn't doing some really fancy poses and working hard, then I wasn't doing yoga. And that's, I think that's one of the things that people are a little resistant to yin yoga about. They're like, what? why am I going to sit around on the floor for five minutes? I, I, I'm going to go to the gym and lift weights, you know? <laughs> Um, so, so anyways, I did that for a while and wasn't convinced. And then I don't know, somewhere along the line in the middle of one of the, I was taking teacher trainings in yin, not because I wanted to be a teacher. For someone who has a lot of resistance yeah. to dive into right, teacher right, trainings. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, but I wanted to hang around with with Josh Summers and my husband. So yeah. I was going to these teacher trainings. You're spending time with people that you enjoyed their company yeah. and was inspired by. Um, but in the middle of one of the trainings, I, w I got it. It sank in. And I, and I really started my own yin journey at that time where I was practicing it for myself. Um, what was the aha moment? Like, what was it the moment that it started to sink in? Like, what, what sank in? It sank in that 
this was a really valuable practice for me. Um, a really good opportunity to explore my own yin side. We, in our culture, we really don't have, or I'll put it the other way, we really like young things. And that's, those are the qualities that are highly regarded in our culture, right? The doing, the striving, the getting, the, uh, you know, don't take lunch, uh, if you're working, don't take a lunch hour, work more or eat your lunch while you're while you're working. Right. Um, and this is the this is the flip side of that. And it began to make sense to me that in order to be um, functional and whole and sane and spiritual um, and healthy, that I needed to add, I needed to not add, but begin to explore a softer side of myself and, um, and of a practice. And that's what yin yoga has really given me is mm. this softer, um, more accepting side of myself and of my yoga practice. Mm. That's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love that. And that's yeah, that's the the yin and the yang. That's right. the compliment. You know, that's that's uh, you know, the half half black and half white with a little bit of, you know, each and the other exactly. side. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Georgian, who who typically comes to yin yoga? Who's attracted to yin yoga? Well, that's a great question, Caroline. Thanks for asking it. I um I love yin so much because it is really works for everyone. I'll say almost everyone. Um, so I have, we have young yogis who come. So people who have a regular vinyasa class or in the studio that I teach at, people are teach, uh, practicing Ashtanga yoga, which is a form of vinyasa yoga. Um, but people who do vinyasa yogas in other places come. Yin is not widespread yet, and it's not in every studio, although it's beginning to show up more and more. And I knew that was going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, we were one of the first studios to offer yin yoga in Northampton. Really? Yes. As I said, Lynn Kingston had been teaching it for many years. She's one of she's one of the first people to bring in yoga anywhere. Um, but it, um, I do see sometimes that there's restorative yoga. Yes. What's the difference between yin and restorative? Another great question. So um, you could walk into a restorative class or a yin class and not know the difference. Because you see people on the floor, you see people with props, um, most people have some, use some type of props in in my classes. And props meaning uh, props meaning bolsters, uh, blankets, blocks, straps, those kinds of things. Um, but in the difference between yin and restorative is back to the beginning. Our first thing that we talked about was that sensation that we seek in yin yoga. So we're always looking for that, that nice, juicy, challenging sensation 
when we're in yin yoga. In restorative yoga, we're really looking to let go of all sensations. So we prop the body so that there's, there's no sensation going on or no, of course, there's always sensation going on, but no work. We're not seeking that kind of dull, achy sensation. We're hoping to just calm and relax the whole system. Um, and so some of that can go on in yin yoga as well. And in fact, a student could come to yin yoga and have a, and create a restorative class for themselves. I would not know the difference. Hmm. I can't tell. The only person who knows if they're feeling yin type sensation is the person in the pose themselves of course so it's up to each student to create their own experience um but it's sort of that that yin yang continuum so if um yin yoga is yin to a vinyasa style yoga which is more yang then restorative yoga is yin to yin yoga what? Does that make sense? Mm. So if we think about yin and yang being on a continuum. Okay. So then we move from active vinyasa towards the yin yoga experience of being less active, but still having sense that sensation seeking. And then we move from there into even more yin more receptivity of the restorative experience. Okay, so that's really, that's even even further mm. in, that's further deeper. Yeah. So there's even less resistance than yin. Yes. So it's all in the intention. Okay. I would say that's, that's the key to all of our yogas. What's our intention here? Um, so, so I have... Ashtanga yogis or vinyasa yogis who come to class looking for a complementary practice. Because again, we get to, even if you're looking at it physically, we get to exercise different tissues in our yin practice than we do in our yang practice. So people who are looking to complement that physical experience or complement the um, mental experience or emotional experience of their yang practice. Then I also get people who are not yogis, but are athletes. And so they have a very yang athletic practice. Um, I have elite runners who come to my class two elite long distance runners who come to my class on a very regular basis. They and probably a, jog 50 miles <laughs> yeah. to the class, do the yin, and <laughs> right. then jog 50 miles right. home. <laughs> so they've used their yin practice to really um, balance out their, their energy and also to help them physically because they get to really um, stress those, some of the tissues that get shorter during their running experience. So oh, it helps to, um, the stress on those tissues helps to keep them elongated, helps to keep them lubricated. Um, and they've really found that it's helped them a lot in their recovery from their athletic endeavors. Um, and also very importantly, I've gotten students who've come, who've always wanted to have a yoga practice, but for whatever reason, couldn't participate in 
most of the styles of yoga that we see out out there now because of physical um, limitations sometimes physical limitations either they can't balance they have balance issues or um they have knee issues or any kind of joint issues mobility issues um or even hypermobility issues so just any kind of mobility issues they've been um they've been kind of left out of the yoga world sometimes and they've found that they can come to yin yoga develop a practice um and and feel safe there because they know they don't have to look the same in their poses they can modify their poses anything any way they want um so it's been really beautiful to be able to offer that to people Hmm, that's so cool is there anyone that you would recommend not come to class? <laughs> I can't think of anybody I would recommend not to come to class. I will say I've had people come and say, I'm never doing that again. It's really hard. It's, it can be, it's, um, it's a bittersweet practice because there's, um, there's the physical challenge of being in a sensational um, pose, you know, a pose that's rich with sensation and holding it for a long time. And then also the what's going on in my mind type thing. Um, in fact, I had uh, one man say to me at the end of class, and he loved class, um, but I didn't know that. It was his first time. And he said to me, um, you asked me to do the hardest thing tonight and I said what was that thinking he was going to say a certain pose he was not a particularly flexible person which that's fine but I thought it was going to be a particular pose and he said you asked me to sit still for a while oh that's juicy yeah yeah and that's yin yoga that's yin yoga in a nutshell just sit still yeah what happens? See what comes up when you sit still. And speaking of that, it's off also led many people to a meditation practice. And each pose can be a little mini meditation. Each practice becomes quite meditative. That's how I felt the first time I took a yin yoga class. It was, I felt like time slipped away. Mm. And there was, I mean, your my brain just slipped into not a full-on altered state, but it was like, oh, that's the end of the 90-minute class. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it was totally just, I mean, it was, it really did slip me into a meditative space because, you know, when you're starting to feel all those sensations, you know, my having a, a yoga training, I just start the, bre the breath work, all mm. the breathing. And yeah, all of a sudden, those five minutes, those eight minutes, those three minutes, they just add up so quick. And before you know it, and you're wrapped in blankets, right. and uh, it's right. very delicious to go to these classes. You're right. But it really, it really is a very meditative practice. It it's can. very physical, but it turns meditative very quickly. It, it can, it can. It for did for me, people. I should Say. yes yes so um so it's lovely it's really lovely yeah how how does your yin practice complement your your yang and your um your ashtanga practice practice now what is your what is your 
what does that look like for you? Well, I do still practice Ashtanga. Um, I, as I said, probably, you know, four to five days a week. Um, and I try to practice yin just about every day. Do you do it like before a class or is it a totally separate class? I, I practice at home. I have a home practice. I don't often go to classes right now. Um, so I do show up at the Mysore room and at Ashtanga Yoga in Northampton. Um, oh, this is not true. I have been able to take yin classes. I'm going to say this special thing has happened where we just recently brought in another yin yoga teacher at Ashtanga Yoga Northampton. Ooh, lovely. Yeah, her name's Anne McCabe, and she's been practicing yin yoga with me since... Um, Oh, I don't remember now, 2016, um, 2015, 2016, I'm not quite sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has trained with my teacher trainers, and she's a lovely yin yoga teacher. So she just came into our collective, and she's now teaching some classes there too. So I get to go to yin yoga classes, Yay. which is wonderful. It's really nice. It's wonderful. But yin yoga has really informed my Ashtanga practice a lot. It's really um, softened it and um, helped me to be much more accepting of myself and my body. And I've been practicing Ashtanga for a long time. And in my practice has needed to change over time as I've aged. And we're all aging. And practice should be fluid like that. And yin yoga has really helped me appreciate and bring in a fluidity to, um, to my practice and, and to my whole life, really. That's lovely. Well, how can people find you? How can they find your classes? Uh, tell people where uh, where they can reach out and get more information. Sure. So we, I practice, at, I mean, I practice, but I also teach yin at um, Ashtanga Yoga Northampton. We have uh, a robust schedule of yin yoga now that Anne's on board. Woo-hoo. So we, um, I teach on Wednesday evenings, 5.45 to 7, and Friday mornings, 8.30 to 10 in the morning. That's a really great class. Well, they're both great, but the, it's only 15 minutes longer. But boy, does that let us go to some really nice deep places. Um, What's the difference between doing yin on your evening classes versus yin in the morning? In terms of physically or in terms of what I do? You know, I mean, both. Both. Well, Friday morning, sometimes we call it um, Friday fun day. Mm. (laughs) Um, Because we we because we have a couple extra minutes, we we sometimes do some little different poses, um, some that I'm, and it's kind of a little core group of people. So we might try some experiments and it's, it's just really, it's kind of a fun day. Everybody's welcome and anybody is welcome in that class, but, um, and, and all of the classes are all levels, all levels. Everyone is welcome everyone please come no matter what whether you're you know buff or (laughs) or whether you haven't been on a yoga mat for 25 years or ever 
yin yoga is available to everyone. Lovely. So, and then Anne teaches on Monday evenings. Okay. And we also have um, a few once a month weekend type classes. So I teach one once a month on Sundays. Okay. Um, the second Sunday of every month okay. from three to four fifteen. Fabulous. And Ashtanga Yoga Northampton is downtown 25 Main Street in the Fitzwillies building, as they call it. Mm-hmm. And we're in Suite 210 on the second floor. Very sweet little community of yogi yogis there. Right across from the atrium. That's right. And That's you can right. look down and see people eating and look right into the restaurant below. Exactly. And there's all those beautiful plants growing up towards yep. the sun. Yeah. There's a skylight. Yeah, it's a really, really beautiful space. It is beautiful. And we love our little studio and our... And our yoga community there. And we welcome everyone to come join us. And what's the what's the website that people can find you? We're at um, ashtangayoga.com. That, oh, I'm sorry. Ashtangayoganorthampton.com. Ashtangayoganorthampton.com. That's correct. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Well, thank you for having me, Caroline. It was fun. It was yeah. really a blast. I know. I feel like everybody gets a little nervous when they come in here, and then by the end of it, it's, oh, we're just, uh, Can we talk a, a little lo- longer? Can we just have another hour? <laughs> Can't we just slide right into democracy now? Uh, no, but yes, thank you so much for, for coming in and sharing your story and, and your passion with, with yin yoga. So it's, it's a really, really fun and, uh, I think, important modality to, to practice alongside the very physical uh, young style styles that we have out there thanks yeah all right well we are closing up for today have a great evening